Possibly, possibly, parsley, parsley. It's hard to say all of those. I don't even remember all of them. Possibly, partially, possibly. Wait, no. Partially, possibly, parsley. Potentially, parsley. God, <laughs> this is the worst intro I've ever no, given. No, <laughs> no, no, no. If anyone knows what we're talking about, uh, that would be surprising. We are actually referencing the Sanford and Son episode where they find a weed plant growing. <laughs> it's the weed episode, man. It's the weed episode of Sanford and Son. 20 for Fred Sanford. Red Fox was toking it up, dude. Yeah, that's you think he actually did? Ago. I, I assume he wasn't opposed to it. I just presume that he was more of a nose candy fella. <laughs> or heroin. No, he was a booger sugar guy. I think he grew up, I think he like got his chops in the jazz clubs growing up, and that was a good place for Yeah, they did heroin. like heroin, but he he seemed, he didn't really seem like a heroin guy to he me. He didn't seem like he was falling asleep mid-conversation. He probably no. wouldn't want to lose his sharpness. You know, comedians like to be... Wired. Sharp. Yeah, wired, like Robin Williams. And John Mulaney. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Couple I, of Critics Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Michelle. I'm Sam. And we are a review podcast. We share media with each other. We talk about it. We try to be funny. We're usually just stupid and uninformed. What's up, Sam? I was going to say, right as I, <laughs> I wasn't surprised to hear that John Mulaney was doing the, the cocaine. But I was surprised that he was drinking again. <laughs> I wasn't surprised that he was drinking because it was the lockdown and everyone was locked in their homes. So a lot of people, a lot of people relapsed hmm. during the uh, lockdown pandemic. What else are you going to do? Everything was closed. You couldn't see anyone. You couldn't do anything. I know I, dr- I drank more during the pandemic, even though nothing really changed for me. I, but I felt the stress of I it. I became a vegetarian during... The pandemic, and I started exercising. That's exactly what I didn't do. <laughs> You're hilarious. Uh, I am a self-improver. So you weren't... so. Su- I was surprised that John Mulaney liked cocaine, because when we saw him live, he didn't seem like someone who would be on cocaine. Because we saw him... We got to see him in a comedy club, which was wonderful. Any experience I've ever had seeing someone in a theater... Versus a comedy club, the comedy club is always better. Oh, yeah, it's I feel always like way better. I feel like I've been robbed seeing people like Jezelnik and Bill Burr, especially Bill Burr would murder. Yeah, in a comedy, comedy club. Yeah, and he was good. And he was in good. a venue, but it's just when you're a comedy club person and you actually like, and you could be close to them and they love, walk by you. <laughs> it's not even that. It's like I like that compression. Part. Is good for comedy. Being in a small room with low ceilings and people close, it's good for comedy. When it's a huge fucking room, you're still crammed in, but it's like, feels more like a fucking like Van Halen concert where drunkies are walking around and like, ah. it feels more like something's being put on for you. Where I feel like when you're in a comedy club setting, it feels more connected. Oh, yeah. You feel like you are just not in some big, you know, spacious. 
excuse me, uh, with like fancy designs and curtains and things. Not some big theater, just a room. Comedy compression, Just baby. a room. And I think being closer and it being more realistic matters. I think there, it's a whole different experience. And uh, I just never was under the impression when, <clears throat> excuse me, when John Mulaney called me out from the stage because I was like three feet from the stage and I was trying to get my purse. Uh, I, I didn't get the impression that he was on cocaine. <laughs> Maybe he's good at being on cocaine. <clears throat> he must have been great. Or he was also in Ohio and didn't want to travel with cocaine. He wasn't in Ohio. He was in he Bloomington, was in, Indiana. Yeah, even worse. So yeah, he probably didn't want to travel with it. Exactly. Him. But you know who would travel to Indiana with cocaine? I don't know. Any member of Steely Dan. <laughs> Steely Dan is definitely interested in getting ladies liquored up and making sweet weird love to them. <laughs> weird being the key word there. <laughs> definitely weird love. So this week we reviewed... The reference from the William Burroughs 1995 novel, Naked Lunch, we talked about, and I mean, we listened to and will review the steam-powered dildo known as Steely Dan. Steam-powered? Mm-hmm. It was, it's from a book. It's from the novel by William S. Burroughs, Naked Lunch. Yeah. I didn't know it was steam-powered, though. Steam-powered dildo. And you can actually see a picture of it. Oh, I would like to, please. A steam-powered dildo. I would like to see a Steely Dan. You would like to? Wouldn't we all like to, though? Let's be honest. I thought you had this picture ready The Quavo Gold. The Steely Dan in my ass. (laughs) It definitely looks like things could get very hot, if you ask me. You know, in a couple different ways. But yo, so we are going to rate and review a steam-powered dildo this week. Fuck machines have been around forever. I remember when I saw my first fuck machine, it was while watching Real Sex, and I was like, what is happening? Why would you ever need some big contraption (laughs) where you sit in what looks like a dentist chair, and you lean back, lean back, and someone is operating a machine for you. Why doesn't that person just fuck you? (laughs) I don't don't understand. The fun of it is making the wiring work and the setup and nobody gets injured. The setup is half the fun. uh, I would assume (laughs) someone got injured if it were steam power. (laughs) Yeah, many people got injured on the Steely Dan, for sure. And many, (sighs) many men left their house and they're like... They forgot something, and they were coming back, and they heard like, <laughs> oh, I assume th- it sounds like a little train. You think it sounds like a train specifically on tracks, which is what that sound is. Nuh-uh. That's not the sound. It's the moving train. I thought that was the sound of the pistons. No, that's the sound of Shaka Khan songs. I assume it sounds like a train, and then he walks up and he hears his wife go, choo-choo! This is going to be a fun episode. So, yeah, so all you do is you lay back, and uh, you you basically make someone else uh, masturbate you. I'm sure you could use one yourself, right? Get a little... you. A knob? I guess if if they made it to where you could just turn it on. But on real sex, of course, there had to be some creepy guy 
telling you about the machine well, while right? while it's going in and out of a woman. <laughs> Watch this. I can put it on higher rotations. I've never been more turned on and felt like I was looking at something so useless at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I, my theory with that stuff is like, wait, all that to take care of something in 22 seconds? What are you doing here? <laughs> right. I mean, uh, it seems like it's the ultimate laziness. Like, I don't even want to move the dildo myself. I don't want to do anything. It's not ultimate laziness, though, because there's so much setup. I assume you just dedicate a room to it. Probably. I would assume if you have a fuck machine, there's a room dedication. Going that way, on. all you have to do is go in, flip the switch, and this is a, slide on back was, in the seat. If this was real sex, this is... It showed it's, it. It's probably like computers, how they were bigger back in the day. I bet a fuck machine doesn't need all those gears and whistles. <laughs> I've always thought it was they do now. <laughs> interesting how, which is probably something I also was introduced to from real sex, was someone who had a chair with like a dildo screwed in the middle of it. Oh, so you just like sit on it? Mm-hmm. So you can do the potsy? Sit on it. That was a happy days joke for the people out there. <laughs> I'm sure there are going to be a few people who understand that and, that was and for like it. And Tom. Patsy and Ralph Mouth. You didn't watch Happy Days? No, it was never my thing. I thought it was a little too cheesy for me. It was. It was very cheesy. Too much. And I've never looked at the 50s, um, the whole picture-esque 50s that people seem to have. I'm not a fan of it. I've oh. never been a fan. Oh, yeah, I get that. The only like diners and stuff. The <laughs> only thing of that that's ever really appealed to me is the movie Pleasantville. But then that really? stuff gets that's all like the unmasked. That's offender to me. But like you said, it's unmasked. So they... It's all unmasked, and then people it sh- it shows how fake that stuff was because it. I mean, it was like a TV show, but human nature is not like that. So it seems so. So yeah, that's why I liked it because th- that's just not realistic. Yeah, but nobody in Pleasantville jumped over a shark. You really don't know anything about Happy Days. No, why would I? Because it's jumping the shark. You never heard that phrase? No, that TV series, Jump the Shark. That know. is based off of a literal episode where Fonzie jumped a shark on water skis. And that's like, Oh boy, Happy Days has gone off the edge now. Since I think that Fonzie is a big reason also why I had no interest in <laughs> Happy Days. And I love Henry Winkler now. He's he's a great You like Henry Winkler. You don't like the Fonz. Oh, I like how he acts. Yeah, I think I like his character hey. work. I like everything he does. I never liked the Fonz. Hey. I remember this one episode. He lived above uh, the house and the Cunninghams, and uh, he was showing Richie that the Fonz has like a menu item, a, a menu in his house of things that he can do for women. <laughs> and he's like, ah, the number thirty-four. You don't want to know about the number thirty-four. And I want to know about the number and thirty-four. Then, and then later, all the families like downstairs, and all of a sudden they just hear Fonzie Arthur Fonzarelli to be exact, of course, from upstairs go. And like hits the floor, and everybody's like, "What was that?" And Richie goes, "That was number thirty-four, or something like that." And I remember being like, 
There's some crazy fuck move that the Fonz does, and everybody's just okay with it. Of He's course. just like jumping off of a bunk bed and landing in a vagina. He probably karate chops a woman in the face <laughs> and then very violently uh, takes care of business, which is why you oh, don't want to know. Oh, no, Which is why you don't want to know. He was rough and tough, dude. He that was his original arc. He was a bad guy at first, but then he was so popular they made him good. Hey. He like stole cars at the beginning and changed VIN numbers on things. That's what people who wear leather jackets do. <laughs> it's true. And grease their hair back and say, hey... Mm-hmm. Sit on it, it Potsy. Sit on it, Steely Dan. And we're right <laughs> back to Steely Dan. Smooth. And uh, Sam, do you want to go ahead and review a Steely Dan? Oh, I do. All right. What What would you rate a Steely Dan uh, 1 to 10? Oliver uh, the Rock and Roll Cats. <laughs> I got to give it 9 out of 10 Oliver the Rock and Roll Cats. <sighs> I'm going to die. I didn't appreciate the rust. I appreciate... The ingenuity and the creativity. Of course, it's beautiful. Um, but I am going to have to dock it a few points for laziness, even though, like I said, no I thought... No one was it, lazy in building this contraption. Anyone who uses it is lazy. I never said anyone who creates machinery that makes you come is lazy. I never said that. <laughs> never said that. But, machinery? But laying down and pressing a button and doing nothing... Uh, I'm I don't r- think you do nothing. You gotta like angle yourself. You gotta like spread your legs in certain ways. You might even have to do a clitoral rub. <laughs> I am giving the steam-powered Steely Dan a four out of ten. Oliver the Rock and Roll Cats. Meow. Meow. And that's the episode. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Couple of credits. All right, so let's do the thing here. So we listened to a compilation album, A Decade of Steely Dan by Steely Dan. This came out in 1985. This is the year that both of us were born. Let's start with the first song, FM. For the muckers. Is that what it stands for? Of course. Why wouldn't it? It doesn't stand for... The radio. What does FM stand for in the world of radio i'll look that up so i know almost nothing about steely dan i see that they were founded in 1971 by core members walter becker and donald fagan okay so i gotta say this now creepos no well yeah we'll get into that but this kicked in and i was like this is this is steely dan god damn it this is I, I kind of like this song. Like, this song jams. This is Steely Dan, which will be, for the rest of this fucking podcast, will be. Then I found out this was Steely Dan, and I was like, God damn it, I like this song. It was funny. Last weekend, I was hanging out with sh- my friend Shern, Shern and her fiancé, Beach, and told them about the text that I received from you, which is... <laughs> That Steely Dan is another David Bowie situation. Which I'm sure you had to explain that. Right? I did, and they thought it was funny. <laughs> like, oh, this song? I like this song. Oh, this song? I like this song. So my introduction to Steely Dan initially was Kirk <laughs> hanging out with Kirk and Jenny back in the day. 
and him saying that Steely Dan was good. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then he he gave me a, a burned CD to check out. Or he just burned it for me of like a greatest steel, hits. Of was, all steel Daniel Daniel? Steel Daniel? It was a I think it was a greatest hits compilation okay. as well. And I was surprised, but I just uh, I had the same thing like, oh, this song, this song, but I wasn't quite like there. I still thought it was ridiculous. And when we would go to karaoke, Kirk decided to pull out a song that we will hear later. And uh, that was my first real introduction to Steely Dan. I I had heard some songs here and there, but as far as them becoming something kind of music, like music, they totally, uh, my brain went with what was just said. Uh, it took me a while, though. I will say it took me a while for Steely Dan to seep in. But I dig it. I don't think five years ago it would have seeped in years easy. No, and it's it's totally weird. It's creepy. His voice is creepy. The things that he's saying sometimes are creepy and just unusual. Just not things that you would hear commonly. And it's I mean it's and no offense to dads, but it sounds like dad rock, but like fifty year old dad rock is what this sounds like. Like dad wants his he wants a smooth jazz slow rock that he's gonna sit in his chair and sip whiskey and fall asleep. It's definitely a dad rock vibe. It feels like hey, we're gonna rock and roll tonight, right? But we're all gonna sit in our chairs and we're all gonna have like sweet tea, maybe, maybe one bourbon, we'll see. And then we're all gonna take smoke breaks every twenty minutes. It's very sleazy sounding too. There's definitely something sleazy about them, which is where I threw in the word weird earlier. It seems like they're clean, well-put-together rapists to me. You'd have to really work in court to get people to believe that they did it. I think the the, the lead singer has probably used the date rape drug a few times. And that date rape drug was... <laughs> There's parts still though on each song that I like. I'm still like, okay, this is getting. Like I can hear the cheesemo bleeding through. I can hear like the almost fake blues, not fake, but like, hey, I'm white dude who studied it a lot. Like forced blues. Forced blues. You're technically very good at it. But you don't. You're not really like, feeling it. For some it. reason, I don't think you're feeling it. Mm-hmm. But you're good at it, and I think blues guys would. They might even be very well respected in like a blues guitarist world. But for some reason, I don't know. It just gives me like this. I... Hey, you put on sunglasses, but on the weekend you play polo. <laughs> I think that that makes sense. But it's not bad. I don't know. It's so weird. I'm like, yeah, it's good. If I saw these guys live, I'd be like, yeah, I'm. Dancing. I feel very much the same way. It's. It's not bad. It's not necessarily something I would normally be into because I did see, I don't know if it was Google or, or I'm sorry, Wikipedia or what it was, but it classified Steely Dan also as Yacht Rock. And I can't identify any Yacht Rock. The only thing I would say would be, what's his ass? Jimmy Buffett. That's the only thing I can think of. But that's not really rock. That's also... I don't, I don't know what Yacht Rock tech... I think people, some people say really like know. Huey Lewis is kind of Yacht Rocky. 
Yeah, so it's got like a not even an edge, but like an R&B to it, but with a professionalism of a guy who could have been a dentist. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Yacht Rock, originally known as West Coast Sound or Adult Oriented Rock. Okay. Like that that right there makes sense to me, like dad rock is a broad music style and aesthetic commonly associated with soft rock, one of the most commercially successful genres from the mid-70s to the early 80s. I would say, based off of that description, Steely Dan is yacht rock. Definitely. Even though Steely Dan has, like, adult topics. You know, like, some rock groups, you can they can almost traverse teenage era, but they're, like, you know, as later, like, there's songs about, like, hey, you're too young. I'm an older dude. <laughs> it is adult-oriented rock. Not just mm-hmm. in the sound, but in the concepts. <laughs> yeah. I would agree. I had to buy some beer darkener so you wouldn't think I was 49. So what artists are considered yacht rock? I want to look this up really quick. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me throw a couple out. You tell me if they're on the list eventually. Let me write down. All right, I got Huey Lewis. Uh, this is not what I would expect. Huey Lewis and and I'm gonna write the news. All right, that's all I got. <laughs> okay, so apparently the king of yacht rock is considered well. He's someone who is a um, not a main member of this group, Steely Dan, but he has oh, done a lot oh, of work with them. Oh, Michael Mack. Michael McDonald is considered okay. the king of yacht rock. Apparently, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> So, Michael McDonald, Ambrosia, I'm Unfamiliar, 10CC, Completely Unfamiliar, Toto, Kenny Loggins, Boz Skaggs, Christopher Cross. That totally makes sense to me. Boston, Journey? No, I think those are a little more... Those aren't quite soft rock. Okay. I call it puss rock. (laughs) Yeah, because you get all that puss. Oh, I'm sure they did. (laughs) That's the thing. Anything I'm like... Yeah, fucking weak-ass music. It's like... No way. You don't think that those motherfuckers Boston got on stage and played more than a feeling and just had puss slipping to them. That's what I am saying. Is the things that I think are musically weak often are the things that get you everything in life. (laughs) Well, that's because you're a mature man and you're not looking for immature young ladies you you're looking for moms who've who are who's looking for a second husband i'm looking for people who will donate wood for a ramp right now is that a mom you're really good with going completely off topic and then wanting me to respond in some sort of positive way i don't want positivity i just want you to give me money Give me money. Okay. Sugar mama. I have donated to the shut future up, skate up. park, and you have not. Because my donation will be good. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're, you, you're building your own half pipe in the backyard. You're not even going to care it's, about that. It's not a half pipe. It's a mini ramp. Thank you. I don't give a shit what it is. Thank you. Yes, and I will patron both things. I will push you down that thing after splintering the, the hell out of the wood. I paid for the fucking ramp. We'll see. All right, let's move on to the next song. Do it. Black Friday. This is a song that, on the surface, I was not. I wouldn't just say, yeah, I know this song, but when I heard it, I recognized it. 
this song was familiar to me yeah, yeah, from yeah. the very first time, but it's not a song that I can say that I've definitely heard here or there or whatever, but it absolutely has a familiarity to me when the chorus kicks in. That I had to have heard it on the radio or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. Unless it just ha- kind of has of the time sound as well. I don't know. All these songs that I recognize are all from the radio, and they were all songs that I never knew who they were, and I was never able to be like, oh, that's Blah Blah Blah's voice. And I think maybe now I might be able to, but they just always, all these songs seemed like generic 70s rock guys that just came in, and it was like a one-off deal, or maybe they had two hit songs, and it turns out they were all Steely Dan. Uh Uh-huh, that happens a lot. Because that time was before ours, yeah. and we're just less familiar with it. That's what we're doing as adults, though. You just keep looking back, and you look at all the stuff, the good stuff. Keep looking back at the good stuff, guys. And I really remember that. That's what it was. That's, that's what really that's got me. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know where I've heard it. Do you know who the singer is again? Is it Siskel or is it Ebert? That's who I see in my head when I think of Steely Dan and Siskel and Ebert. I think it's Siskel. So, Walter Becker. He looks like an ultra nerd. He's the taller guy, right? Taller, thinner. Oh, wait. Brown hair guy. No, I'm wrong. It's the short, bald headed guy? I thought the guy with glasses was. I don't know. But apparently, I'm wrong. Okay, so the other guy is actually the lead singer. His name is Donald Fagan. He's the one who is still alive. Can I get a visual on Donald Fagan? Please. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like both of them mixed together in my head. Okay, so that's an early picture of them. Okay. The one on the right is the lead singer. With the not long hair. Correct. That's who I thought. I thought it was the opposite. Oh, really? Siskel. So Siskel and Ebert. Siskel is the taller, thinner one, right? Gene Siskel? Yeah, he was the one who died first. Siskel. And then Ebert is is the one who lost his jaw. And Ebert is the guy in the long hair. The one who looks like he's definitely used date rape drugs. You think the the guitar player used date rape drugs? Yeah, he's creepier looking. He is creepier looking. I, w- I would have been shocked if that was the guy singing. Lead singers don't have to work as hard to get puss as the people, as guitarists do, Sam. You should know this. I don't know. I've never gotten puss from playing music, so. <laughs> I mean, I liked that about you. Yeah, you liked it about me, but it wasn't what got you here. No, I liked your personality. I have... Never once in my entire musical career ever been like, hey, that girl was hitting on me. Ever. Once. You also don't make yourself available to people. I shut myself down pretty fast. <laughs> and you usually stay away. And I'm pretty crude. And if some, if anyone even like kind of talks to you, you say something, yeah, you say something weird to shut them down and shut them out. You are not a very welcoming person. But you, you're very different with me. You're not like that with me. <laughs> it's it's weird because even with your 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 aunt Pam will text me because there are times when you don't respond to her or social say. 
And or so she'll say. Or so <laughs> she says. And anytime I text you, you almost always text back unless you forget. Like you were just different with me than you are with everyone else. Ah, it's true. <laughs> You're special to me. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> everyone else, I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. But I definitely <laughs> see how you treat other people because because it's different than how you treat me. So I'll just say that I I do notice that I've got a wall, and there's one person I'm okay with being behind it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. I'll shoot people from the other side of the wall with you. you. Send- I don't have things to shoot. I'm one of those guys that gets like molten lead, and as they come in, I pour it over the walls, and it encases like twelve soldiers. That's um, how I feel my my weird <laughs> verbal cues are. I just socially. I just drink chocolate milk and turn around, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and I can I can gas people out you like drink crazy. What? Chocolate, don't you fu- I your face. I want to punch you. Chalky milk. Hey, look into our relationship. I'm special to you. Be an antagonist to me. That's how we are. Babylon sisters, shake it. This sounds so lame at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Every Steely Dan song, the beginning, I don't know what's going on. And even now, and I listened to this album a few times, I don't remember what song is coming until the fucking I do. part kicks in. Is it supposed to just go, Dan? Yeah, okay, I know it's not. <laughs> but this right here sounds so fucking lame. This is like waiting for a dentist appointment. Yeah, this is Muzak right here. Yeah. Which he does actually say yeah, something. Like, Play that funkin' music. Yeah, in the beginning. Then the very first song, I did have to look that up the first time I heard it. I was like, oh. he said funkin', right? Because there's no way he oh, just said... Oh, funked up, doesn't he? Oh, uh, yeah. Play me that funked up. And I was like, you just go play me that funked up music. funked up music. <laughs> and I was like, what is he saying? Just to make sure. And yeah. I still think this part's like... Lamazoid, schmooze. It feels like a dirty 80s movie. Yeah, it feels like... There's a type of women's fashion that I really distasteful to me, and it was like, I want to. I'm going to say this one show, and I'm going to see if it, the style of women. You're like, okay, I know what you're talking about. Silk stockings. Okay. There, it's very interesting because it kind of matches a dream that I had, and it wasn't until you said that that got my attention. Oh, this part rules, by the way. <laughs> I, for some reason, was going through clothes, and the shoulder pads just kept getting bigger and bigger as I was pulling tops off of this pile of clothes. <laughs> so that's the feeling I get from this song. Yeah, yeah. Shoulder pads. Yeah. A working woman in shoulder pads and high heels that are, like, beige-colored and ugly as hell. Yeah, not. that's a whole era of women fashion that just does not... It, it repels me. And then with that like organ sound, Jerry Orbach's like turning a brick corner because everyone's just walking down the street. Who is Jerry Orbach? Jerry Orbach, Sam. The name sounds so familiar. Why don't I know Jerry Orbach? You, well, as a fan of the comedian John Mulaney, you should definitely know who Jerry Orbach is. He is an American actor. He's known for being the... He was Baby's dad, who was going to put her in a corner in the movie movie. Dirty Dancing. He is also known for being the law and order guy. 
Ah, Jerry Orban. Gotcha. Hey there, I'm Jerry Orban. He was a cop in Law and Order, of course. He was the law. Who was the order? Stallone? I am the law. Shake it. I don't know who the order was. I assume that was the gavel. And this isn't bad, but for me, this is still in like it's the only good sl- part to me. I agree, because even this part here brings it way down. Yeah, again. But I don't. I wouldn't consider this a strong song. This is like the break down, boys. Oh, so smooth, aren't we? I looked at a list a little. Okay. This song makes me it's feel so like cheesy, but I looked at a list of top 10 Steely Dan songs earlier, and it could have been Rollingstone.com. I'm not sure who put it out, and it probably wasn't them. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> this song was on the list, yeah. and I was surprised because I, I mean, I guess it's a good interpretation, or not a representation is what I meant to say, of the band. This song makes me think of manicured beards. This makes me think of <laughs> businessmen. Sneaking out with their receptionists and secretaries yeah, on their lunch breaks and having sure. affairs. For sure. And like affairs that even the secretary doesn't want, but they fear their job. And then they go back to work and then the guy's in a, a meeting and they're like, and someone looks at him and they point out that he has smeared lipstick on his collar and it's, he's, yeah. it's a scandal. And they point over the secretary and point out that she's got cum on her lip. <laughs> Tell me I'm the only one <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Steely Dan When I hear the name Steely Dan I think of Steely Wool Steel Wool with me I call it Steely Wool Steely <laughs> I think of Steel Wool immediately I've never thought of Steel Wool And then I transitioned into Oh yeah it's a dildo And then I transitioned into a Steel Wool covered dildo <laughs> Ew. And then I think of Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> With or without the jaw. Huh? With or without the bottom jaw. Siskel and Ebert without jaws? I don't I think, think of them with jaws and manicured beards. Ebert. What do you think he doesn't have a lower jaw? Ebert sans jowls. Sans jaw. No, he had surgery to remove his salivary gland. The surgery did not go well. The cancer of the salivary gland spread to his right lower jaw, and a segment was removed. I don't know how you don't know about how he... (laughs) It's Every time I've said something about him not having his jaw, it's mean as hell. That's what he looked like before he died. That motherfucker. Oh, my God. He had his lower fucking jaw taken out. He looked totally different by the end. He went from being a big, fat, judgmental bastard to being a hack-jawed motherfucker. Hack-jawed? Hack-jawed was the word you chose. Oh, yeah. A doctor came in with a hacksaw and hacked that jaw off. Hack-jawed Jim Duggan? From the WW. Look at my microphone stand. It's about to fall over. Look how different he looked before someone came in and took part of his jaw out. That's a big difference. Stop being mean about Evie. I'm really not being mean. I'm saying that someone came in, a doctor, a professional, 
hacked that jaw out of his face. I give that jaw job a zero out of ten Oliver the Rock and Roll Cats. Meow. I mean, they didn't do a good job removing the gland and it spread to his jaw, so <sighs> I'd say it was a <laughs> hack job. Do you agree, Oliver? <laughs> I can't think of the word gland without thinking of this song made by, the, I'm pretty sure it was What's-His-Name, but he's like... Please. I'm pretty sure it's What's-His-Name. Like, <laughs> cool. He's Continue. Like, he's like... Please put my gland in your hand. It's that fucking one guy. Uh, pretty sure it's David Allen Coe, but uh, everybody says it. But he, it's labeled as a Johnny Rebel, and he makes those horrifying racist songs too. So that was actually David Allen Coe. Everyone says it is, but then David Allen Coe denies it. But then everyone's like, he sells the CDs at his fucking shows. Oh wow! Ew. So, so he, he is what people. Say that he is. I mean, I don't know. This guy, guy at work was like, oh, it's him. And I was like, that sucks because the songs that are funny and not horribly racist, when they're like, fucking in the butt, fucking in the butt, fucking in the butt, I'm going to fuck the shit out of you. Bam, bam, bam. I don't like that at all. Let's move on to the next song, Deacon Blues. Come on, let's hunk it down. I'm not a fan at all. Oh, it's horrifying. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think still don't this know what sounds... song this is right now. This now I do. I almost think it has kind of like a peg entrance. I think it has kind of a similar peg entrance. So it gets me in the beginning. It got me a little like excited. I was like, this sounds different. But this sounds similar. And then I was like, oh, this is not. This is totally different. But this is another song that was on that top 10 list. So this is. One of their uh, well-liked songs. Yeah, I knew this one for sure. I did not. Uh, this song uh, reminds me of a Sonic the Hedgehog level with like sand in the background. I have no connection yeah, to that. For the people that get that, they're like, dude, you're dead on. It's Starlight Zone too, almost. That's a space zone. You got these little spiny balls getting thrown at you. <laughs> Sounds like an Atari game. I would play Sonic now. <laughs> Stop running around screaming, Oliver. He's not screaming. He's just rubbing on everything. He's marking everything with his scent. I'm glad that it's his cheek scent and not his uh, ass scent. I don't like when people talk about saxophones. Music. I do that every time. Drink scotch whiskey all night long. Drink scotch. And die behind the wheel. <laughs> I don't know what he says, but it makes sense to me. I want a name when I lose. They call Alabama the Crimson Tide. He does not rhyme ever. Call me Deacon Blues. He never rhymes. He cares nothing about song structure in that way. Just, he rhymes. He's just writing the fucking weirdest lyrics he possibly can. He's just like, down at the bayou, getting jazzy, taking people for a ride on an alligator tip ride. I think the line that I just recently sang along with, which is that, drink scotch whiskey all night long. Like, that's such dad rock to me. That is not something you would hear. Rapey too. No kid is going to be like, yeah, let's drink scotch whiskey all night long. <laughs> First of all, gross. Scotch yeah. is not a tasty 
<laughs> whiskey. I'm a bourbon person myself. You're a bourbon. I like gal. it to be smooth. I don't like it to burn every part of the inside of my body. Like moonshine. Burn, baby, burn. Yeah. So yeah, it's this also has kind of creepy vibes, but I do think I don't know, it's it's definitely kinda of got that like floaty urethral like I may have used the wrong word there. Urethral. <laughs> Ethereal? Maybe. <laughs> I'm not talking Ure- about a pee Urethral hole. would be a pee channel, yeah. Yeah. It does feel very urethral, though. Well, if you're drinking a bunch of scotch whiskey, you're definitely uh, hanging out with your urethra. I'm sure I've peed plenty of times listening to this song, you know, like BW3s or something. <laughs> and I'm behind the wheel. What does he say? that it's deacon blues i'm just typing in drink scotch whiskey all night long (laughs) it came up and die behind the wheel drink scotch whiskey all night long and die behind the wheel you got it it is die yeah 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 learn to work the saxophone I want to play what I feel uh, They got a name for winners in the world I want a name when I lose Yeah, these lyrics mean nothing It's a very weird song And it has that sleazy saxophone sound oh, I don't generally like saxophones it, I, I don't know why It's sleazy to me It's like uh-huh. this weird, like Grossness of the 90s that I don't like, and it's not 90s, but I associate it with like late 80s, early 90s sleaze. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna read a random lyric from the song. Here we go. You call me a fool. You say it's a crazy scheme. This one's for real. I already bought the dream. So useless to ask me why. Throw a kiss and say goodbye. I'll make it this time. I'm ready to cross that fine line. See, all of that rhymed. Yeah, but it made no sense. It means nothing. He was like, "Let's see, what rhymes with a uh, scheme, a uh, d- d- dream." To me, this feels like how I am aware that the band Rush are all like, super smart guys and they're super nerdy and they make music. I feel like Steely Dan is the dad version of Rush. Yeah, I can, I can. I could back up that notion because like they sound like super they nerds. They don't sound like they're. I mean, I assume they're not dumb people. No, they know how to sexually assault women just like anyone else. I mean, a lot of dumbasses aren't usually drinking scotch whiskey and dying behind the wheel, are they? Those are Bud Light scotch deaths. Scotch whiskey, yeah. Scotch whiskey seems to be like a a gentleman's drink. Yeah, you want to come off a certain way. Uh-huh. You you're making a point. You're not just. Out to get shit faced. Bourbon, which is my kind of booze, that's the that's the guy that comes home and backhands his wife and throws oh, the cat in the furnace. That's blended whiskey, not straight bourbon. <laughs> blended whiskey like Jack Daniels and Jim Beam. I like that's bourbon. Jim Beam's Kentucky bourbon. But it's a blended whiskey. It's not a single barrel bourbon. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. Jack Daniels is disgusting. Jack Daniels has an extra charcoal burn to it. 
I don't like it. What I remember, that is. I've never been a fan of Jack Daniels. I liked Jack Daniels at first, and then I switched to Jim Beam. You know, I drink a lot of Jim Beam. Are you kidding? Do you see what's in the kitchen right now? I bought a second handle of Jim Beam just to have it. Just to like, because I went... No, because I always have... I always have Jim Beam, and I buy it by the handle because it's cheaper. I like how you say, buy buy it by the handle. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. I come home... I backhand you. <laughs> I sure. throw a cat in the furnace. <laughs> then I have to get the cat out before it gets hurt. We Luckily, the furnace doesn't do anything. <laughs> Luckily, we don't really have a furnace. We freeze just, in the winter. I, I made a cardboard furnace just so fully. I think it was a cat burning furnace. A That's ca- not a what cat it. burning furnace. I remember back when all we had was wood burning cats. <laughs> oh, man. References. Let's move along to the next song. I've never known how to say this. But the way they say it is Bodhisattva. Oh yeah. This this is very uh like Brian Setzer orchestra to me. Like it has uh, that rock feel in the beginning, but then it gets so jazzy. Yeah, this is a up up tempo one, but this feels again, I wanna expand on the notion you were like rush, they're the rush of d- dads, dad yeah. rush. Even though Rush is a very dad band. They are, but um, it's like Rush could be something that you listen to in your mid to late twenties. Yeah. When you are pushing forty, you're switching yeah, you, to Steely Dan. You, you do find Steely Dan later in life, I do believe. Uh huh. That seems to be a thing. <laughs> they, they do feel like music nerds. Mm-hmm. It feels like they do things, and while they're playing, they look at each other and they give that like, like they just embellish one little note, and they look at each other and they're like, <laughs> and give that little smile like music nerds and it's like a jazz rush a jazz blues rush but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're feeling it they're just like did you hear what i just did yeah they're just like eh, i played the seventh did you see instead that? of the fifth there did you hear that then just see that math motherfucker <laughs> yeah, yeah. i just played a b flat 13 you like that i did and i raised you a quarter note the song has a groove to it it does it still feels sleazy to me. There's no Steely Dan song that does. I don't think it seems as sleazy. This Because no. this, this almost has more of a, a wholesome, almost that like 50s, where people are just dancing together. And yeah, it's got that real rockabilly guitar to it. So, yeah, when I hear that part, I I picture like a 50s-style car just driving down the road. But I kind of get that feeling through some of this in general. It just all feels older style. It felt like they were in their 40s when they recorded this in the 70s. I wonder how old but they, they were. They're probably what? Let's say they were like 31. Well, let me look it up because I need to get away from this fucking hackjaw Robert Ebert, <laughs> Roger Ebert motherfucker. Let's see. <laughs> Yacht Rock. God, oh, there's too much going on. Yeah, you have too many. I have to reference things while I'm working. I'm working right now. (laughs) So Donald Fagan, the lead singer who is still living, he was born in 48. So they were in their 20s when they did this because they formed in 71. He would have been 23. He was born when? 40 what? 48. So he did have growing up in the 50s. Yeah, but he was young. 60s. Yeah, but still grown up. So he like 
he's getting both worlds. He's getting that 60s jazz and like rock and roll world mixed in with that 50s doo-wop feel. And then the younger one died in 2017. Carl Becker, the guitarist, he was born in 1950. So he would have been 21. They were young dudes. They just... I it, it, To me, it sounds like a lot of people probably told them, you are mature for your age. And they were like, yes, we know. Where to me... We are still time. So it says here that they met... While they were students in college. Yeah, it sounds like they would have been nerds in college. They met each other, and then right after college, they're just like, okay, let's do the Steely Dan thing. Hey, remember when we joked about making a band about a dildo? Let's do it. Well, it's from a fucking book, and they're nerds. Yeah, it's literary. You can get away with it. William S. Burroughs, they're like, yeah, let's, let's take our name from this book. This part's fun, isn't it? Have you ever read this? Have you ever read the sequel to Naked Lunch? No, but I hear that new dinner is very good. <laughs> what were you going to say? I always say? thought it was called clothed dinner, but all right. No, if you read the very first one, it's called Never Close Breakfast. Never close. Mm-hmm. Never close breakfast. I thought that was a exclamation about not closing restaurants for breakfast. Never close breakfast. Well, they're spelled differently, so. So you're saying it's never clothes breakfast? Does that drive you crazy when people say clothes? No. It's correct. Technically, it's 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 correct. Clothes. Uh, Clothing. I like to go buy my clothes. I like. <laughs> I'm just gonna do a big wow, sneeze and no it stops. Sneeze payoff. God damn, that was unrelieving for me. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> I really hope that sneeze comes back. It I, never will. I'm very unsatisfied right now. Well, let's get into the next song, which is the one and only introduction from Kirk Gibbons himself at karaoke. <laughs> hey, nineteen. Ooh, let the fucking rape vibes commence. Michael McDonald is in involved in this. Michael McDonald seems to be involved in a lot of their hits. He's in this song? I think so. I'm, I'm pretty positive pretty he's doing now. backing vocals at the end. Oh, I'm pretty positive is. his voice is in there. I think I can hear it. So yeah, when we heard Kirk do this, he was working it with his body. Oh, he was dancing around. And he was... He was was, vibrant. He was emulating the singing style of the lead singer. So to hear him work and see him like physically do weird like dippy things when he would sing <laughs> to match it and you and I just kept looking at him and looking at each other and just laughing hysterically like what is this yeah and add on top we have never heard this song and we're like what is this fucking song hey 19 talking about that's Reetha Franklin which is so fucking wild to find out this song exists talking about hey we can't do this, but you know what we can. I'm going to go get some liquor and some blow. 
And we're going to have ourselves a night, even though I just said we can't do this. I mean, she's technically of age if you're 19. She's of age! It's better than all of those other songs where She was ready to go to what I call pound <laughs> Better than all those 17, 16, 15-year-olds. 13? That happens. Calm down. Jeez. I'm not... I'm, I'm explaining history Nobody to you. Nobody needs explaining. Of history. Well, let me explain something to you. I did, were we talking about Ricky Ricardo on the podcast, or was that before? No, you were talking about Lucille's pubes before the podcast. <laughs> yes, I was talking about Lucille Ball's pubes before the podcast. <laughs> Lucille's ball pubes. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy. Your pubes have some splaining to do. <laughs> you're not a redhead. <laughs> you're a redhead, but you're not red down there. But you'll make my... You make my head red. Oh, 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 oh. I don't know how to do them. I thought you were going to say it makes my conger rise because he was, he played the conger he led the human oh, no. band. You didn't watch I Love Lucy either, did you? A, l- a little bit I did. I've, I, like everyone else, have seen the famous episode of what? making Stomping Grapes. I was going to say there's many famous episodes. The Vegemine. The Vitamin and Vegemine or whatever. Yeah. There's that one. There's the chocolate one. These are all basically the same episode. Lucy gets overloaded with things. Was that when she was like on the assembly line? Yeah, she just started shoving chocolate in her mouth. It was genuinely funny. It It still is. She was a good comedic actress. She was definitely good. For sure. I have nothing bad to say. I always loved Fred Mertz. And I found out recently, and I threw it on an Abe thing not too long ago, that he was such a bad alcoholic at the beginning of the taping that the reason his hands were in his pockets was so you couldn't see his hands shaking because he wasn't allowed to drink during filming. So bad he had to shove his hands in his pockets. Wow. <laughs> Why is that man vibrating? Because <laughs> he's old. His name is Fred Mertz. It's not like you just stop moving when your hands are in your pockets and then you just start shaking in your pockets. And you, <laughs> yeah, then you look like a even you look like a creep. That's where he put alcohol wipes in and he would just soak it in his hands, baby. He's got soaking hands. <laughs> Ugh, the episode of uh, Dr. Phil where that girl... Uh, huh? Uh, uh, the episode of Dr. Phil where that girl was so... She was so addicted to alcohol and her family would keep alcohol away from her. But then they noticed that the hand sanitizer was disappearing. And hand sanitizer is stronger than a lot... Than, you know, most 80-proof yeah. alcohol. So she was down and... She was drinking hand sanitizer. And they I guess they add things to it to make it taste bad. So you won't consume it because it's... Yeah. <laughs> and she was just drinking bottles of hand sanitizer. Nasty. Uh, so that's what... It's got to make you feel awful. It makes, it makes me feel awful knowing that it happens. <laughs> I can't imagine what it actually does to your body. Because they make it like gel and stuff. I've, I was, uh, you know, I had alcohol issues. I never once looked at a bottle of sand hand sanitizer and went, yeah, I need it that much. Or how people, I, 
feel like when we were younger, the big thing was not letting alcoholics around mouthwash that had alcohol in it. <laughs> yes. And I, I always thought that was terrible. But then again... Uh, I would feel so sick from all that mint shit in my body. But there are people who drink peppermint schnapps and oh, stuff, which is God. horrendous. And uh, even... I'll go the other way. Are you drinking peppermint schnapps to train yourself to one day be able to drink mouthwash? <laughs> I have no idea. That's horrible. But I always thought things like Goldschlager Ugh. was disgusting. Ugh. Hot damn. Ugh. Um... Gross. And then it goes into people love Fireball. Fuck that shit. And it's horrible. There are certain, which I'm not a fan. Just drink alcohol. I'm <laughs> usually not a fan of flavored alcohol, but I mean, I like mixed drinks. That's different. But to, yeah. <laughs> a margarita is not the same as peppermint schnapps. As drinking a shot of Fireball. Cinnamon whiskey. I just think all that shit leads to bad gut times. I, I remember when I tried that bird dog blueberry whiskey once. And it was the grossest thing. I couldn't even... I don't think I could finish it. It was so oh, bad. I just remembered I was drinking like wedding cake vodka by the end of my drinking days. So I didn't smell so much like booze. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's stuff like that if you want to make like shots or, you know, like shooters or things. Which I was into for a bit when you were still drinking. I would make shooters. those... Uh, the oh, cinnamon yeah, toast crunch yeah, shots yeah. with oh, rum chata. It oh, sounds horrifying now. Rum chata. It was rum yes. chata and something else. I don't remember. Oh, it was cinnamon whiskey. That's right. I'd have to mis- mix Nasty. cinnamon whiskey and that together. And I, but I would never. Ugh. If someone has been like, here, you want a f- shot of Fireball? Uh, no, I'd rather have a glass of water. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather sober up than drink cinnamon whiskey. Ugh. All right, let's move on to the next song. Damn, how many songs we got? We have a lot, Sam. We have seven to get through before we take a break. We have listened to six so far, so we are listening to one more song, and then we are taking a break. Are cool. you ready? Yeah. Here is the popular song that I knew. Before all of this, here's Do It Again by Steely Dan. Oh, yeah, okay. This is when I texted you. Like, wait a minute. This is, Maybe it was the next song. But this was definitely one where I was like, oh, I legitimately enjoy this song, and I always have. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this was Steely Dan. You could have told me this was like... I don't even know. Like, like uh, What's that one band? Like, War. Oh yeah, War has a lot of hits. Sounds like War because it's got like that that Eric Burden Burden with War, where he did like spill the wine, yeah, and yeah, things. Yeah. It has kind of that sort of sound to it. Yeah, I've always really liked this. This is so groovy and smooth. Oh yeah, and even though it is. It has like that dad rock feel. This doesn't feel as sleazy to me. It sounds like a, a song that you might hear in a place that could be sleazy, but yeah, this always sound more like sophisticated to me. I agree. It almost has a uh, very god damn it, almost like a Santana vibe. Like it's got like a Latin yeah, vibe. Yeah, Santana. That's okay. That's good. At the same time, but you could have roughly. told me this was Santana, and I would have believed you. Because Carlos Santana, like, he had different people sing on his mm-hmm. shit all the time, so it's like, I would have been, okay, cool. You could have told me it was war with somebody singing on it. I would have believed you. 
if they get into that Latin feel system. And this is another thing where I still just don't know this dude's voice. I don't think it always sounds the same, either. I don't think it does, either. I think he takes on the inflection of the song. Mm-hmm. Like, if it sounds like a more Latin vibe, he's going to sound more Latin. Sorry or if it's more the mic island vibe, he's going to lean into that more. Yeah, he's going to be like, come on, we're still done. And because everyone who lives on islands Talk or near like water sounds like they're from Jamaica specifically. <laughs> diary. <laughs> diary? I like to it write died. my diary. <laughs> Diarrhea. I like a song with a good shaker going on the whole time. It just adds a fucking... It makes your butt want to move a little bit. Yeah, this song is very good. Nobody does organ rock songs anymore, do they? Maybe some do. I don't know. You can see what Greta Van Fleet's up to. I'll, I'll just listen to the Someone could easily say that they they would go back even further and listen to the blues artists that uh, <laughs> Led Zeppelin took a lot of their songs from. Led Zeppelin definitely ripped off blues artists. Oh, but by they, far. But, but they did it. The ratio of how they ripped it off to what Greta Van Fleet ripped off from Led Zeppelin oh, yeah. is much further than what say. they did. And I'm not saying that they aren't good, and I'm not saying they don't write their own songs. And it wasn't refreshing to see somebody actually be a rock and roll band on Saturday Night Live. It was very nice. But, yeah, but I've never liked they it. They are Led Zeppelin. <laughs> There's no way around it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's um. fine. But let's not pretend that they're not. <laughs> I don't think people necessarily do. They just still like, like it if they like it. Like, imagine if they did, didn't try to write originals. And they were just like, we are the world's number one Led Zeppelin tribute band. Everyone would be like, fuck yeah, you are. Because <laughs> that kid can fucking wail. Like, they're all good at what they're doing. He probably sounds better than uh, Robert, Plant. Robert Plant ever did. Robert Plant <laughs> was never that great of a singer. He was... He, his voice always cracked. He, he always sounded like he was just straining, not hitting notes. Yeah, he just had... He felt it. it. He just had it. Mm-hmm. There was just something about it. It, was just, it didn't matter what he did. It would have, he would have been a star. He <laughs> just had it. And he could fucking wail. And I, I've read a lot of stuff about Led Zeppelin. Like, early Zeppelin shows were amazing. But then by, like, the last couple albums, you saw them live. It was fucking atrocious. And they're all so fucking loaded that it was just a shadow of what was going on before. Like, I can't remember who was saying, but they said that like, they couldn't even give away Led Zeppelin tickets by the end of wow. their tenure. And they were like, ah, fuck, I got Led Zeppelin tickets. I got to go to that tonight. <laughs> Brent used to be like, wow. desperately trying to get it. Yeah, this song is beautiful. I've liked this song forever. It's one of those songs that just, I don't know when I first heard it. It's just been in my life for a long, long, long time. I don't think there's much about this song that you couldn't like. I feel like it's a very universal song that anyone could really like. It's just very groovy. The lyrics are simple. There aren't a lot of them compared to the the instrumental parts. It seems like the instrumental take over a little more on this song. It's just a groove 
more like feeling song. Yeah, I bet live it was twice as long, and they actually just soloed out for a while. That would, yeah, that would make sense. It's just like a little shuffle there for a while. I wonder how many musicians they cycled through because I know we watched that thing about Peg, and they were like getting different guitar players to come in and do solos. And they chose through that, so be interested to know in how many actual studio musicians always cycled through with Steely Dan. If they were like, do we have one drummer, or was it like this album? We had five drummers, and that's how we got five different sounds. That's why this one sounds this way. Well, it says that the if you look at we back out of Walker Walter Becker, the members is a large list of okay. people who have uh, cycled through. I showed you Cornelius Bumpus. Yeah, I remember Corny. Because he has a great uh, a great name. He has a great look. He was known uh, mostly for being associated with Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers. So he was clearly friends with Michael McDonald. <laughs> Cornelius Bumpus. Uh, he was a saxophone player, so he was probably their sax, their main sax guy. But yeah, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen total hmm. people who have been associated in some way as a member. Didn't they not really tour for a long time? That's way just, over my head. I think they were just like a studio band for a long time. I have no idea. You should look I'm into look that. Into it right now. We are going to take a break, and oh, we I will. We have one more song. That was the one more song. Okay, great. We'll be back. We'll be back. Aretha Franklin. Do you need help improving your sleep? Do you have issues adjusting to a sleep schedule, but you don't want to feel off balance when you wake up? Well, my friend Melatonin Manny is here to tell you how you can do just that. My name's Melatonin Manny, and I'm here to say that if you need help falling asleep at night, you can take some melatonin and fall asleep. Easy does it. Take one dose before bed. Hey, thanks, Melatonin Manny. Anything else you would like to add? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you still can't fall asleep because life is too hectic and Melatonin just isn't doing the trick, I call my friend Sam. And he can get me some heroin, and off to sleep I go, to sleep I sleep. No, Manny, no! Melatonin heroin. My name is Abraham, goddamn leaking, it's too late, I smoke crack. I have a store in the state. 75, it's really great. You can buy all the best crack. I promise my shit is never whack. And now, here's outrageous. Like Mr. Brimley, I have diabetes. 
But I just ordered a lot of cocaine Make my heart rate go insane That's how I'll live my life So fuck yourself Yeah, fuck yourself We rob old ladies Bite them, give them rabies Just to see a bunch of grannies Grumpy and foaming at the mouth I one time ate six pounds of galvanized steel To prove to Gary Busey I had sex appeal Yes, you are my best friend. I love you so much. If that was true, then you would know my name. It's outrageous. It's not outrageous. It's outrageous. Oh. It's been almost two fucking years. Calm down. You, you fucked up the song. I don't care. It's Fuck been almost you. two years and you still don't know my name. It's Fuck fucking you. outrageous. outrageous. Shut the fucking moment. music off. Fuck you! Fuck me! Seriously, get the fuck out! Fuck you! Fuck you! God damn it! We were having a fine time! A fine time! And then you ruined it all! You ruined it all! Fuck it. Alright, well, that was the break. Back to the Couple of Critics Podcast! See ya! Yeah, bye. They said, well, no, play with your fingers, uh, you know, something like that. And then you play these songs so many times that after a while, I remember just turning just a little bit, either this way or this way and putting up a uh, partition, and uh, they were about that high. That's, of course, sitting in a much lower chair. And uh, I remember, you know, slapping. They never knew it went down. They never knew it, except afterwards, you can tell there was a difference in that bridge. Listen to that groove. All right, and here, see, I'll put in the keyboards again here, so you got, like, here's your Listen, listen to that rhythm section. Yeah, the one that you just mocked is the one who looks like super fucking nerdy in the group. Which one do you think looks nerdy? The one that wears glasses that's balding. Siskel or Ebert? I told you. Ebert. (laughs) Pretty sure I said that earlier. Ebert. I'm not referring to them like that because they don't look like that to me. Welcome back to the podcast. We are listening to... A Decade of Steely Dan by Steely Dan. We came in with a little taste of the making of Peg. We've talked about the making of Peg video that's on YouTube. It's a little under nine minutes long. If you enjoy this next song, you should definitely check that out because it's very interesting. I'm always interested in little behind-the-scenes information about how songs are recorded or manifested and written and things like that anyway. I was going to say, even if you just like watch videos of people turning mixers down and up and soloing tracks of songs you don't even know, this is a good video for that. I love shit like that. I do too. Like you can hear the drums better than you've ever heard them ever Mm -hmm. on any song. And they're like, yeah, now we add this and turn this fader up and... Sounds pretty cool, man. Very interesting. And on that note, we are going to get back into this album with the song that uh, we like very much now. This is Peg. My introduction to Peg was listening to a podcast episode. And I I don't I can't remember if it was one of Lauren Lapkus's podcast episodes or if it was Freedom, but I feel like it was before Freedom existed. And her and PFT were talking about Steely Dan. And she said that she likes the song Peg. And he said he liked it as well. And I looked it up. And ever since then, I've liked this song. 
I really only knew about this song from walking in you watching that making of Peg. Really? I'm talking about Michael McDonald laying down three vocal lines in like chords mm-hmm. with his voice being impressed with that and being like ah fucking Michael McDonald's on the goddamn screen yeah I feel like it was one of Lauren Lapkus's solo podcasts and Paula Tompkins was a guest I think the bass line is good what we heard at the beginning and they didn't want the slap bass and he put a little slap in there and they didn't know it that means they don't know what they're fucking talking about goddamn nerds let the baseman do what he does there's a lot of people who talk shit about slap bass I don't yeah I was just thinking about that and I don't really understand why I like I like the bass slapping. I can't think of any time I've heard someone slap a bass and I didn't like how it sounded. Yeah, not once. I, of course, it wouldn't fit in all songs. Yeah, I know. But it definitely enhances and makes the bass sound stronger. I love watching a guy who's good at it. He's like... Not me. I'm like... Like less. Playful. Less is good. No, but he has that. He sometimes has that jangly slap sound, but it works for his style. Just want to play the Mellotron, it sounds like. I'm a Mellotron. That's like a little... Is that like your co-worker? Yeah. When he turns into a Transformer, he becomes a Mellotron? You put his mouth to yours and you... Oh, no. Done. (laughs) It looks like a flute with a keyboard on it. I think you've seen Chris Hardwick play one before. <laughs> and you just go. Such a weird line. Well, here's Michael McDonald shining. Listen to the ride cymbal shine. That fucker. Ride symbol is the star. It's so groovy. Steely Dan is good too. I think it helps that I am a music listener. Like, I don't pay attention to vocals really, you know, which we've talked about millions of times. So, when a band is actually like laying a groove down and I can hear a guitar doing like a little back groove lines where they're not soloing what they are it's not like about them but they're laying in like that like it's not about him right now it's not above the mix it's just fucking background baby but they're still like technically good technicality is their plus technicality Mally. Technicality O'Malley. Try to you do one note and I'll try and do the other note for Peg. Right? Which one do you which one who's taking what? I don't know. I only really know how to do one note. Peg. Okay. Peg. Are you ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Peg. <laughs> I liked it. That was good. <laughs> so dumb. Let's move on to another song that a lot of people I assume know. Whether or not you're aware that it's Steely Dan. I don't know, but here is Ricky Don't Lose That Number. 
Get a little African sounding like drum percussion in the beginning. I just pulled a goddamn tick off my neck. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm totally serious, bro. Ew. Do you need me to stop this so you can uh, go kill that piece of shit? Throw it outside? Like, just go throw it outside. I'll take care of it right now. I don't know. Do whatever you need to do. I'm fucking irked right now. Ticks are disgusting. That's okay. Oh man, the song. I don't get a sleazy vibe from this. Sounds like uh, the tick is being taken outside onto the front porch. Sam went and grabbed the torch. And Sam is torching that son of a bitch until he pops. I don't like ticks, but there's definitely something satisfying about the pop death sound. The death pop of a tick. I'm hanging out by myself. Sam's making death happen. I'm making love happen. I can't believe you had a tick on your neck. Yeah, I was just sitting there scratching. Like, what the fuck is this? I thought I was pulling off a, like, a, a skin mole? tag or something. <laughs> and I looked down and there's a goddamn tick in my hand. It's disgusting. I just burned him up with our butane torch. I told people about it. And he he turned black and he went pop. Huh? That's that, There's nothing satisfying like the pop of a tick. And even if he didn't pop, his legs were gone, so he's going nowhere. <laughs> That's what I'm usually not into that kind of thing, like hurting bugs. You or don't anything. like pouring salt on snails no. and watching them shrivel no, up and die. Horror. It's evil. Is it? Yes. They did nothing to you. They s- put slime on everything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you need to watch them die slowly with salt. Nah, it's an interesting thing. No, it's not. It's horrifying. It is, but it's also interesting. Continue. But I'll fucking torch a goddamn tick. Fucking trying to give me Lyme disease. This week and alone. Maybe it already did. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it already did. Some of those drums in the song. I can't. I've got Lyme disease in my ears. So, wait, Rick, is this guy all sad? I don't know the story. This guy is all sad. Some girl gave him his number, like, hey, Ricky, I think you look good. And he was like, fuck off, bitch. Ah. I don't think that's how it went at all. And he was thinking to himself, it's, you know what? I'd better mail myself this way. It's here's this number. Don't forget it. When you uh, are available, you should use that, Ricky. You should call me because I'm here. I'll be waiting for you, Ricky. Ricky, Ricardo, Ricky, Ricardo. Don't lose that number, Ricardo. I don't understand why you have to mail yourself a letter to not lose it. It's just a suggestion, Sam. Like, honestly, you have a bigger chance of losing it now in the United Postal System. Heart. You could just, like, put that under your bed. You could even write it in envelope form and not even send it out to the Postal System and just pretend that you got it. And then put it where you put your mail. There's some... You've got to turn yourself down in my ears or something, because you were making my ears tingle. I can't. 
when you talk. It's all general. Well, I don't know what happened, but there's something in one of your frequencies or something in my ears. It, it's like vibrating my ears, my eardrums. I'll go right here. No, it's fine. The people want to hear you. You're important to the people. No, it's fine. I can still no. So you're a fan of uh, Ricky not losing that number? It's an okay song. I think it's kind of boring. Really? I think it is a weird line of send it off in a letter to yourself. Oh, yeah. I'm not a fan of the premise of the fucking thing at all. But I think it's a groovy song. It's inoffensive. Got nothing against it. I like the one line that... Mm-hmm. I like the percussion. That cat is trying so hard to get away from you. And you're just doing it to get a reaction out of him, aren't you? He hates being held so much. But if he wants to snuggle up against you or lay on top of you or be on your lap, he will. It's his world. But if you lift him up a few inches... He's fun. There's only one song left that I was very familiar with and like that I know of Steely Dan. Um, and that is the next song. The next song. <laughs> that's a new word. The next song, Reeling in the Ears. That's songs to Stong, Stong, Stong. Oh, yeah, I definitely knew this as soon as that guitar riff kicked in. I feel like this may have been the. M- Between this and Do It Again, I'm not sure which one. I was more familiar with because I feel like this is a very commonly heard song if you're listening to classic rock radio. Oh yeah, this is all over classic rock radio. You could have told me this was the Steve Miller band. I like Steve Miller band. And this is also the song that gives me a Thin Lizzy vibe. Hey, you did mention that before. It sounds like kind of a the boys are back in town vibe. With the way he's the way he's singing, he's got a very oh Phil Lanot, I think is his name Phil Lanote something like that. The guy that died is he Thin the Lizzie? lead singer of Thin Lizzy? Yeah, Phil Lanot, I think. Thin Lizzy lead singer Philip Lanot. Hey, Philip. But this part doesn't. This this part is like the dad rock of the song. That's just smooth, or, or easy you, listening. Uh, like Crosby, Stills, and Nash mm-hmm. vibe to it. Or Dubis Brothers. And then we're back to fucking <laughs> Mr. Sir Philip The King himself. Oh, I thought you were talking about the King of Yacht Rock, Sir Michael McDonald. Oh, no. Is he in this? Is he singing in this? I don't think so. I'm not sure when Michael McDonald participated in the band. Let me see. Michael oh, I McDonald. looked up stuff, by the way. Okay. They split up in like 1981. So they because they wanted to concentrate on being a tour or a studio band only, and then everyone else was like, uh, "No, we're like touring. We're out of here. If you guys are just gonna do studio stuff, you can hire people." And then it just kind of fell apart. Wow. And then they weren't together for like 20 years or something like that. And then they finally put out some music again. So that's what happened. Michael McDonald, uh, he's a little bit younger than them, but not by much. He's uh, up top, 69 years old right now. He has been married to the same woman since 1983. Good for uh, Mikey M. That's a long time. It is, especially when he's swooning women nightly on the stage. You know that panties are dropping for Michael McDonald. I and know he's that like, panties don't show up to a Michael McDonald show. 
Pandas not allowed. He lets weapons in, but no pandas. <laughs> oh, his his lady. Uh, her name is Amy Holland, and she apparently is also a a musician. And does she sing with Myra McDonald? And does she sing like this? I'd be hilarious if she sings just like him. Wouldn't it be? She's acted in a few things as well, but... She's like, I can't believe nothing's over anymore. I'm curious of... She has a lot of songs. None of them sound familiar to me, though. But it looks like a lot of her songs have been in movies. Ah. It looks like she was popular in the 80s. The 80s were more her time. That's when Michael fell in love with her in 83. That's when they got married. Yeah, he didn't love her until after the marriage. I like the use of the, um, the, I don't know, what is the tambourine in this? Yeah. The shakies. I like the harmonized vocal line or guitar line there. Uh, Amy Holland has over a thousand subscribers on YouTube. I mean, that's more than what we have combined on anything. Absolutely. And I'm even saying us personally as people. (laughs) Yeah. Yikes. We suck. So that was really in the ears. I want to hear a song by Michael McDonald's wife, Amy Holland. I do, too. I'm interested. The top song is How Do I Survive? So far, nope. So far, yes. I don't recognize it. Oh, I just mean I'm on board. I am not on board. Oh, yeah, She's you are. a fox. <laughs> Look at her. She sucks Michael you. McDonald's dick. Yeah, she does. She looks like our old English teacher. Did she teach journalism as well? Yeah. Okay. She wasn't ever my English teacher. I don't recognize this at all. I don't either, but... She... No, goddammit! She had a fucking Michael McDonald tone! She doesn't. You don't think that has a Michael McDonald lazy finish no, I think she's just a, bre- a breathy singer let's listen to them together and see what it sounds like oh god we're not going to be able to sounds like shit is what it sounds like she does do a Michael McDonald thing he just sounds like a tone. <laughs> Ugh. Sounds like someone's going to start talking about Jesus any second. Me. Michelle, can I present you my Lord and Savior? It's sure. Taco. If your Lord and Savior is East St. Louis, toodaloo. This has, this has almost a... Um, this has like an Andrew Bird sort of feel to me. Okay. Or, uh, 
it's definitely like an indie sound that I think a lot of people will use that like drum style in a lot of indie music. You mean that like 1940s? Mm-hmm. Crap microphone sound. That's the Bon Jovi. Let's not talk about 90 Day Fiance Bon Jovi. By the way, we found out that guy's name was Bon Jovi, I think. That's what you heard. I never heard of but it. I forgot to look it bon up. Is Bon Jovi like uh, an Italian name? I don't know. And they he live- just stole it, so now it's just it's a word that we just associate with only him. But it was actually like... You know what I'm saying? It was like came from history. Okay. Because for someone to name their child after Bon Jovi, it is in their age range. They could have done it, but I, I very much hope that wasn't the case. This sounds like those lazy cabineers. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, kind of. So like. Backdoor swing uh, prohibition feel to it. You know, like you're in a saloon almost, but not West times. Like, yeah. Like you had to go to a door and a guy slid open a little slit and you had to say a secret word and then he let you in. That's what it reminds me of. That makes sense. Is it the red or the white? Yeah. Or it reminds uh, Weird Al's song. Uh, what the fuck is it called? Uh, did it for that movie that had Michael Keaton in it. It's real. It sounds like this. It's about being rich. This is the life. A movie with Michael Keaton? Yeah, it was for a movie with Michael Keaton in it. If it ain't multiplicity, I'll give a fuck. So no Batman. No. No Batman Returns. And I'm going to let this go ahead and play into the next song, which is Kid Charlemagne, which is also a song that was on that 10 top Steely Dan songs on that list. uh, And that gong you heard just now was not part of the Weird Al gong. But the one you just now heard was... I did not know this song, but this sounds, I feel when I hear this, it really encompasses the Steely Dan vibe. This reminds me of New York nights. Like it's raining it and there's lights. And I had never heard this song either. I don't think, although this part sounded a little familiar. Seems like it could have been in a movie. <laughs> Champion! But I definitely heard of John Mulaney's Kid Charlemagne. <laughs> Comedy special, right? That's what it was. Comedy special? John Mulaney's comedy special? It was called Kid Charlemagne? No, it was called Kid something, I think. Not Charlemagne. I thought it was named after this song. No. John Mulaney. You always ask me questions. 
and so you never look anything up for yourself, and I'm the one who's well, usually, controlling the music. Usually, conversations are questions, so yes. You're <laughs> no, that's not true. People aren't just constantly asking each other questions. Hey, tell me I'm right. <laughs> God, you are annoying. It's Kid Gorgeous. Damn it! God damn it! He had something with Charlemagne. No, he didn't. I swear he mentioned it once. <laughs> In a cocaine fever. Would you do cocaine with John Mulaney, knowing he's in recovery? <laughs> no, Sam. <laughs> this part is funny. I don't have anything against this song. What's your opinion of it? I don't really have one. It's okay. I just never. It doesn't really jump out at me. It doesn't jump out at me, but <clears throat> it does give me. It's a... not negative. I don't have any negative vibes from it, like I do from some other songs. This is one that definitely peaks up in me on the. Uh, uh, what's how I explained it earlier of the uh, really white dude blues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But the guitar playing is uh, good on this section right here. He likes interesting notes. He's not just doing like real easy blues soloing or general minor scale soloing. Uh-huh. He's actually like choosing weirder notes. I think I also read that they said they didn't really like modern rock music. They like jazz. That makes sense. So, That's why they sound so much different than everyone. Yeah, else. jazz guys are all about like weird noit noit. Avoid the noit. He ruins pizzas. Uh, you also made a weird noise trying to say weird noise. Well, weird. Oh, that's Gasnick. Ah, yeah, that's Gasnick. Ah, that part is so fucking weird. <laughs> he says gas in the car. I'm pretty sure that it says there's no gas in the car. Ah, there's no gas in the car. <laughs> From now on, whenever I do gas, I'm gonna go. We need some gas in the car. No ah. I can't believe you never noticed that. Oh, there's Michael I was McDonald. To the fucking hi hats. No, no gas. Ah. It's so in your face. It's so obvious. Those hi hats are so in your face and obvious. This part is weird and cheesy sounding to me. Yeah, this is like the super white guy part of it. Yeah, that makes sense. I hear it. It's there. But I was going to say, jazz guys really like to have weird note choices, and they like different chord sounds. So you can definitely hear that in his guitar playing. When he's mm-hmm. like, well, you expected me to go to the seventh mode there, but I'm sticking with the sixth. Ha ha ha. Ooh. Aren't I clever? My name is Ebert. Do you still get the creep, sleazy vibe? Still getting it? Uh... Not as much because it got kind of replaced with like the late night New York feel, mm-hmm. but a late night New York feel sleazy. can also have a sleaziness to it. Mm-hmm. Like you take sense. the wrong corner in 1970s New yeah. York, and, and then there's Jerry Orbach. Chic to Jerry Orbach. Callbacks, callbacks. I'm Jerry Orbach. Is oh, this no. what Jerry Orbach no. sounds like? Oh, no, Sam. How do you not know? How do you not know Jerry Orbach? I think he sounds like this. I'm Jerry Orbach. What is that? I don't think that's right either. Uh, 
Is he like this? I want you doing. I'm Jerry Orpark. I come over here, and you come into my district, and I make a sound on the well, let's listen to him for a second on Conan, on an old... And Co- Jerry Orbach and Dave Chappelle were on the show together. Law and order, murder, crime, guys. Law and order, Parking violations. Parking violations. Department of Sanitation. Senior Sanitation, this isn't from the restaurant in San Francisco. This isn't from the restaurant in San Francisco. There's nothing super identifiable in his voice. Yeah, it's... Ladies and gentlemen. Is this him singing? The kind of is Orbach singing? Is Jerry Orbach singing? Every time you say Orbach, I can't not think of uh, Orville Redbucker. I filmed career for about 10 years. Why are we listening to him sing? <laughs> the gang that couldn't shoot straight? I'm trying so hard to hear his voice, and nothing is giving me well, anything that works. his voice me. singing beautifully, and you, won, you went because, away. Because that wasn't his speaking voice, Sam. I want his speaking voice. I want to go to my old school. He and talks like this. He doesn't talk like little Nicky. Hi, I'm little Nicky. I'm Jerry Orbach. I'm gonna put baby in the corner. <laughs> this is a uh, this is ultimate dad to me. I'm seeing sandals, cargo shorts. I'm surprised you're even able to identify what that is. What? Oh, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you slid one on I mean I didn't even know it <laughs> That wasn't a good moment though <laughs> It was good Oh this is when he's like Guadalajara won't do This song is weird I hate this part right here I had heard this song before You said this was you had already heard all the songs that you were familiar with? Yes. I had definitely heard this song. I think there's definitely something familiar about it, but I do not believe I've ever heard the song before. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Getting my H2O on today. Yeah, H2O, man. Cassius, you gotta drink permission. I'm your water boy <laughs> Mama <laughs> So we're now all doing All Adam Sandler characters as little Nicky The price is wrong Bitch Some <laughs> 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 I do I wish I knew a scene From Righteous Gemstones <laughs> Righteous Gemstones. Wait, that was the show. What was that? that was the show on <laughs> what was the movie HBO. Adam Sandler got his face shot off. <laughs> oh, he didn't get his face shot off. Was it something with stones? That was. It was something. What the fuck was that movie? <laughs> I don't know. I know nothing. <laughs> I watched that movie. Yeah, and you watched the Righteous Gemstones. And I did. You should be familiar with both of these. Uncut movies. gems. There we go. I wish I was on first. Fuck it. I had to go back and watch the scene where he got killed again. Ouch, you shot me. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to gamble. <laughs> We're so dumb. 
see. Looking at Adam Sandler movies. Nope. Can't reference any of these since I haven't watched anything by him in a long time. Um, funny, people. Was it funny? Let's I, see. I got to get home for the... Whew. I'm going Adam Sandler albums now. I put it in my ass <laughs> at a medium pace. Corner of the pool and play with the cocking balls. <laughs> 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 this is that midday slap happy. It is. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm also getting hungry. Yeah, I'm hungry. I didn't. We didn't eat much lunch. No, we did. We did not eat much lunch. <laughs> Wait at night, much lunch. We didn't eat much lunch. <laughs> We're watching Little Vicky tonight. She was in a movie where she showed her tits to Jack Nicholson. What? She showed her tits to Jack Nicholson. Who did? Kathy Bates in a movie. Kathy Bates was naked in a movie. Kathy Bates? The Kathy Bates naked. Kathy Bates. What does this have to do with Adam Sandler? Oh, wait, it was his mom in Waterboy. Okay. Yeah, she said all them alligators are so ornery because they got all them teeth and no toothbrush. Are you about to show me some Kathy Bates titties? No, I want... All right, I'm going to show myself some Kathy Bates. It's the movie about Schmidt. She was in that... Oh, my God. It looks like uh, she made the number one grossest nude scene in a movie. Are you serious? (laughs) Oh, poor thing. I already forgot what the movie was called. What? About Schmidt. Come on, Kathy. You want to see them titties? Oh, it's her. Maybe it's just her from the back walking into the. I'm wrong. It's just her from the back walking into it. So you don't see her tits. You just see her butt. I'm sorry. Well, I want to see her butt. I'll look at Kathy Bates nude. Why not? Here we go. I couldn't give you any reason to not. Yeah, she's totally nude. I just saw her boobies. Oh, you did? Yeah. Just see her bush. Not yet. She's old. I don't think she shows her bush in About Schmidt. But she's definitely hanging out, and Jack Nicholson is not a fan of what she looks like. Because he has a beautiful body himself, and it's only fair. Yeah, he's another old man. He's just an old man, and they're like, I don't like what I see. You can find... The Sloppy Boys put a post up, and they they specifically put up multiple pictures of Jack Nicholson, but you can find him on boats eating like pizza and all kinds of stuff. And he's a big with shirtless. There's so many pictures of Jack Nicholson looking not attractive and not, but you know, he has his standards as well. But he's, and a character in a movie. He's Jack Nicholson. He's also Christian Slater. Christian Slater. One more song, Bad Sneakers. Let's start a restaurant and name everything after uh, the celebrities, and we'll call them Christian yeah, Slater Taters. People do that taters. all the time. Christian people... Slater Taters. Okay. Yeah, but our food will be good. Ooh. I'm not doing any of that. I think I could crush a restaurant in this town because everybody fucks it up in this town. They, they do, but 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what would it be? Would it just be freezer fried shit like every other place in no, this town? No, that's what I'm saying. Everyone's fucking it up. Yeah, but sometimes some people don't, and then they take it too far. Like, places like, I'll say it, like Izzy's, where it goes a little above and beyond what most people around here are even interested in yeah. eating. So it almost takes it like a little too fancy. Uh, yeah, exactly. I want real fucking the food. Pina colada, my friend. Pina oh, colada, my friend. They like to uh, add some nice... They want to like, get you drunk so they can do things to do. Like uh, little intricate rhythms there. They weren't fucking around. Oh, buddy. You. You wear that white tuxedo. It's one of the whitest voices. I'm kind of singing like Richard Newman. What's his name? Alfred Newman? Al- not, not Alfred Freddie e. Newman. Newman? Like Newman from. Oh, what's his fucking name? Yeah. Here we go. You know that Michael McDonald voice in the background? Oh, yeah, it definitely is Michael McDonald. His voice is so identifiable. God, this song is so lame. Yeah, but is that... Was it him or was it his wife? Because you can't tell. Yeah, you can. There's a big fucking difference. I don't know why. I don't know how you hear that same tone at all. I don't know how you don't. Well, Ugh. you're not good at listening to voices anyway. I'm I'm not good at listening to lyrics. I know the fucking notes. No, because you didn't. No, that's not true. That's not true because you missed that whole part earlier where he's like talking about how his gas tank's low or whatever. I don't know. I forgot how it went. Yeah, and but if I if the goal was to listen to the vocals like it was with her, then I pay attention. And you get it wrong. And you get it wrong, I get Sam. It interpreted correctly. <laughs> That's my new thing I'm going to say to make people really mad. I'm sorry if I interpret things correctly. By the way, I know I give you a lot of shit for not having a dad in your life. Uh-huh. If you ever make a joke after my dad has passed away, I will punch you in the mouth. <laughs> I get to make a joke immediately. You know my dad. I never knew your dad. If I knew your dad as a person who was in your life the whole time, I wouldn't make such jokes. I expect a joke the day my mom dies. It's jokes. They happen. Don't talk about my dad. I'm going to talk so much shit about your dad's death. I hope he doesn't die very soon. Don't die, Jim. Don't do it. I don't think you will. I think I'll be okay. Ain't nothing to it but to do what it. What if he was about to just stick the knife in his wrist just now and we just talked him off the ledge? My dad is not the type of person to ever do that. <laughs> he would never do that. My dad is jolly and wonderful. Before I go, one last couple of critics episode. You know what? You're right, guys. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you don't think it was the Steely Dan that pulled him out? You don't think it was all of the, the talk dildos. about dildos in the beginning? <laughs> the steam-powered dildos? He's definitely heard worse. He definitely has. Oh, uh, This is the part of the podcast where it is time to go over some questions. Belly drum. Belly drum. Belly drum some questions out of you. Belly drum. Oh, the belly drum. Better dumb questions out of you. What you gotta do? What you gonna say? How? All right. So, why did I choose this? I thought that it would be fun. I, you know, uh, we've gone through different things here. Uh, this is something I've 
figured we'd eventually touch on, and we touched it. Uh, what do <laughs> I think you thought when I gave it to you? You, I, I know how you reacted. I honestly thought you'd just be like, okay. But that's not necessarily how you reacted. What was your judgment prior to listening to it when I told you we were listening to Steely Dan? I don't know, because you seem to remember how I reacted, and I'm afraid I'm going to say something, and it's not going to be the correct answer. No, you just said that you never saw it coming. You never expected it, and it uh, it surprised you. Um, It was... <laughs> it was a little bit of a... What's the word? Hesitation. There was a little bit of a hit, because like, Steely Dan, to me, that name is just always meant cheese and mm-hmm. i never really knew but i did know like you know uh, it still is cheesy as hell yeah but i didn't i knew like the cuervo gold song and i expected mm-hmm. it all to be like that oh okay so that's kind of where my brain was like eh. but i also you know i love a certain podcast and there was a guy on there that's been getting into steely dan and i immediately thought of that too like oh fuck is this gonna be like the mid-30s, now you get into this kind of music and Michelle is just accidentally forcing this onto me. Is that what's going to end up happening? And that hey, was before 19, I had listened to it. That's Reetha Franklin. Franklin. Oh, yeah. How many times did you listen to this album? I listened to it three times on my own and then I had been around you and you've been playing it like once or twice around me. So okay. I got five full listens in and uh, listened to some songs here and there because some songs... Right there in the middle that I knew the most are the ones that I enjoy the most. Okay, good to know. Good to know. <sighs> what is Sam's least favorite song? Sam doesn't even really know Sam's least favorite song. This is... I don't have anything... I wrote down Sam least, Sam most, and I have nothing written down for either. So I am not confident about any of this, but when it comes to what you like the least... Um... <clears throat> My guess, based on nothing, would be my old school, because I assume that by the end of the album, you are totally over the cheese, and you're ready to listen to some rock music. And no, I, I think it is Babylon Sisters. Interesting. Sam's least favorite is the song. I think I remember Babylon this being just kind of... Damn it! See, I do like sister, shake it, but I do. I'm gonna go with this one because this is like, it's a good example of the Steely Dan I don't enjoy. The really laid back. You could hear Michael McDonald the most on this kind of track. It sounds the most like it fits in the category of yacht rock. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. yeah. What do you think my least favorite song is? Uh, I'm gonna say that your least favorite song is. I'm going to say the same thing. Was I right? The only thing I wrote down was my least is Babylon's. Yay! All the other ones have, like, redeeming stuff. And even this one has a little bit redeeming stuff in it. A little, but I think it has far less. Yeah. I'm having a real tough time choosing my favorite. Because there was there's ones that I was, like, connected to already. And then there's ones that hit me from the side. And I was like, oh, fuck. I didn't know this was Steely Dan. Well, I'm I don't have anything written down for what I think your most favorite song is, so I'm going to guess and because I don't know of any song, I don't remember you reacting to any song that you didn't know in an overly positive manner. So, I'm guessing from the ones that you know, I'm going to say that your favorite song 
is do it again. I'm going to agree with you, though. It is. I think it's got the best groove, the best vocal tone to me. This was the biggest surprise. I, I'm almost positive this was the song that I messaged you on. I'm like, holy fuck. I didn't know that this was Steely Dan. Oh, yeah, because you only expected the Hey 19 stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go with this song. It's a classic song. I almost chose a... Uh, what's that fucking song? Ricky Don't Lose yeah, That Number. Yeah, Ricky Don't Lose That Number. And then I um, thought the about Two fucking, songs I know uh, the most. And then I, but I have like a connection to, um, what's the fucking song? Peg? No. Um, the karaoke Kirk song. Oh, Hey 19. Hey 19. I just have a connection to that. That like, it just makes me smile when I hear it. I don't even know if I necessarily like the song. Yeah. I just like the memory of. It's a total memory. Losing my mind over it and Kirk making me laugh so hard. I, I have the same thing. I cannot hear that song without picturing that night without seeing kirk wiggle his body <laughs> yeah and and like scoop and dip when he yeah, tried to do yeah, yeah. that's yeah, Rick franklin like yeah that's exactly what i have on my head too. Uh, yeah it's even though kirk drives me crazy sometimes he is also very funny what do you think you. my most favorite song i think is? your most favorite song is peg well sam that's pretty fucking uh, simple, I would say. The the favorite song yeah. of Michelle is definitely Peg. This song kicks ass for me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Sir Bumpus. Is playing right now? No, I have no fucking idea. I just want it to be. Yeah, I just think it's groovy. Whatever. It's good grooving dad rock. I like... This is doing cocaine dancing music. And I like both of those things. So, (laughs) hey, 19. All right. So, that's not even correct. How old was I when I first started listening to this? It's... It was in my... uh, In my 30s. This is not something I've listened to for very long. Like I said, it took a really long time after Kirk suggested it in my early 20s. For me, it took me about a decade for it to stick. Um, how did I originally feel? It's been a sl- it's been a slow go for me because I don't I, I enjoy some of the songs on this. I don't think I could stretch out beyond the hits. I don't oh. feel like I could do a deep dive in Steely Dan and yeah. enjoy myself. Who knows what way it goes? It either goes into like even sleazier and not your style, or it gets even better. Or there are things that I like that are, and I mean, I'm sure, whatever. I'm just for some reason Steely Dan does not have my attention enough to go beyond. Yeah, just mine this. either. Because, and I didn't hate this. I I was jamming was redeeming qualities the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm right there with you. Like. I'm not going to go buy their first album. (laughs) And regarding if I would recommend this or not, I'm going to say no, because I don't think that it would appeal to most people. But I did bring it up to Sharon, to Sharon and Beige and, uh, or Sharon and Beige, uh, whatever. And they like it. So it just seems like it's an older thing. I just don't know how many people would be like, man, Steely Dan. It's like a weird jazz, disco, rock and roll. It can almost like exist in multiple music scenes, too. Mm -hmm. They don't get the disco, but... You don't? Mm -mm. Oh, 
that people were dancing all sorts of in the disco. Tonight. Would you listen to this again, Sam? Uh, and if not, which not I assume myself, not. No, but if we're on the road and you put it on, I'm going to have a good time. All right. So zero to ten all over the Rock and Roll Cats. What do you give Steely Dan? I'll give Steely Dan a six out of ten Rock and Roll Cats. Interesting. Well, now it's time for us to describe this album in one word. Oh, we got a lot of things going on nowadays. Yeah, bitch. In one word? In one word, I think I'm going to go first. Okay. And I'm going to say... Ballsack. Sam, your dad. You come from your dad. Your dad is, is King Ballsack. Not yours, but my dad is King Ballsack. Sam, what uh, what's the one word that you describe this album with? Pantyhose. Okay, that's good. I've, I'm I'm positively happy with that. What's next, Sam? I like that little angle. I like how you're adding things over the times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's next? Yeah, let's, we're done with let's that album. Grow it a we're little bit. On? We're officially finished we're with Steely on. Dan. What is next? All right, we're moving on to something I've been holding on since the beginning of this podcast, and I think you're finally ready, and it's finally time to talk about it. We are listening to a band called Ed Gein, and the album's full title is... It's a shame that a family can be torn apart by something as simple as a pack of wild dogs. All right. <laughs> you can find it online just as it's a shame. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. All right. Well, we are going to get the hell out of here. We appreciate everyone listening, as always. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll be back next Tell week your friends. with Ed Gein. Tell Ed Gein. Tell Ed Gein. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.